Thanks for tuning in to the Crew at UGA podcast. We are so glad to have you with us. Crew exists to call students to know God, grow in their faith, and go to the world. If you would like to get more connected with Crew at UGA, or if we can help you in any way at all, go to the show notes and click on the link, or follow us on Instagram at Crew at UGA. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. I hope that you're doing well. I'm Kyler, and I'm a full-time staff member with Crew at UGA, and I'm glad that you're here with us. This podcast is brand new for us, and so I'm just glad that you found it and that you're tuning in to give it a listen. With me today on the podcast is none other than Alan Goddard. Alan, how are you doing? Hi, Kyler, and hi, everybody out there. It's good to be with you as far as being way. with you on a podcast, <laughs> whatever that's like, but um, considering what we're going through and such, this is just great to even have some point of connection with you so this is really great yeah so for those who haven't had a chance to meet um, Alan yet he is our team leader at Career UGA and he is here to kick off our very first episode but before we fully jump in to where we're going today Alan why are we doing the podcast this semester and what can our listeners expect each week from this podcast yeah that's a great question isn't it because we've (laughs) never done this before I mean it's brand new but we live in an age with a COVID virus that makes a lot of things brand new, mm. and there are a lot of things going on in our world right now that we've never done before. Mm. And of course, one of those things that the, the virus keeps us from doing is meeting normally like we would. You know, each Tuesday night at 8, normally we'd be all getting together in Memorial Hall, and there'd be two or 300 of us in there having a great time. But of course, we just can't do that right now. Mm. Can't put all those people together. And so we decided, well... What can we do to still have a point of connection? Maybe do mm. something that's a little bit different. And we came up with the idea of doing this podcast. It's not a Zoom call because that gets old really quick. <laughs> it does. But this podcast you can kind of listen to anytime you like. Um, we can still have a common language. We can still have something to talk about when we do get together. Mm. Still keep up with each other a little bit and just kind of have a point of connection. So we're going to try it. Yep. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But hopefully it'll be a little bit of a point of connection for us for crew at UGA. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm really excited to to try it. Uh, like you said, it's going to be very new. Uh, and so each week we're going to be doing uh, talks and conversations, and we're even going to be doing some interviews with yeah. students. Yeah, and so that's it's right. going to be really fun. Yeah, it's going to be good. We're going to, it's not just going to be a message. I think we will do some messages kind of like we would do at crew. Hmm. Um, but it's probably going to be more than that. We're going to have some conversations. We're going to have some interviews with students and alumni Every Friday, we're going to have a, a spotlight podcast, which is only going to be about five minutes long, something like that, in which we might interview students or just get different perspectives on things or talk about things that are coming up. But the Tuesday podcast will be a little bit longer. We'll dive into the word together. Um, we're going to talk about all kinds of different topics. We're going to talk about No Grow Go, which is who we are. We're going to talk about social justice in a couple of weeks and how that fits in to ministry on campus and who we are. Um, we got a lot of great things planned for the semester, so it's going to be fun. Yeah, I think it'll be really cool. Um, and, and Alan, what you said is so important. Um, in no way are we trying to replace Memorial Hall yeah. with this podcast. Uh, that space is so important for us. Um, but like you said, this podcast is meant just to be a point of connection and hopefully a blessing mm-hmm. to whoever listens. Yeah. And so, Alan, it's episode one. What are we doing today? It's episode one. Here we go. <laughs> Today, we could talk about a number of different things, but we just decided to start out the semester 
actually, we're going to do something a little strange. We're just going to tell a story. All right. And this story comes from the Bible, and it, it shapes a little bit of our perspective on who we are. But for a lot of people who are new to crew, I think this story will kind of share a little bit of our heart, who we are, what we value. And I think it's a good picture of the Lord as well and just his heart toward us. So I'm going to go through and uh, tell a story which is a little bit strange. And I know a number of you, you think, okay, Bible story. And some of you that have grown up in churches are thinking already of familiar Bible stories that you know and you have been taught in Sunday school. And I'm going to tell you now, today is not that. All right. This is a story that you have probably not heard. It's kind of obscure. And it comes from the Old Testament. It comes from 2 Kings chapter 6 and chapter 7. And if you are listening and you have a Bible and you want to pull that out and read along, you're very welcome to. But if not, you can just listen. I'm going to read the passages. But here's how the story starts. Here's the setting for the story. It's in 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 24 and 25. And this is what it says. Sometime later, Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, mobilized his entire army and marched up and laid siege to Samaria. There was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver and a quarter of a cab of seed pods for five shekels. So there it is. There's the setting. Happy, <laughs> encouraging, right? Yeah. But a little background on this. This is a period of time in the Old Testament where the, the kingdom of Israel has been split in half or split in two pieces. There's a southern kingdom, Judah, which is centered on Jerusalem, and there's a northern kingdom of the ten tribes in the northern part of Israel. And one of the main cities there is a city named Samaria. This story takes place when another kingdom is a, a rival kingdom, and they have laid a military siege to the city of Samaria. And um, a prophet, Elijah, went to the king and said, You won't believe it, but in this time and a certain amount of time very soon, the siege is going to be lifted and there's going to be so much food that you won't know what to do with it. Well, the, the king of the northern kingdom in Samaria, of course, doesn't believe that, and he scoffs at Elijah's message. But the siege happens, and the king of Aram comes. And so what you see is this dire situation. There's a famine in the city because of this military siege around it. And it says it was so desperate that a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver. In other words, think about you're so hungry that you would pay $8,000 for a donkey's head, which is gross, <laughs> but you would try to pick the food off of that, or that you are so starving that you would pay $500 for a half a pint of seeds mm. and try to get a meal out of it. That's the situation that the Israelites in Samaria are facing. So the story goes on. In 2 Kings chapter 7, a few verses later, in, chapter, in uh, verse 3, here's how the story picks up. It says, Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. And they said to each other, Why stay here until we die? If we say we'll go into the city, the famine's there, we'll die. If we stay here, we'll die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. And if they spare us, then we live. And if they kill us, we'll die. And of course, you can kind of see what they're doing. They're sitting at the gate. They're outcasts from Israel. They've been pushed to the city gate because there's nowhere else for them to be around people. Mm. And they're looking at their situation and say, well, if we stay here, we're going to die. If we go into the city, we're going to die. What's the worst that's going to happen to us? Let's go out to the camp of the enemy. And if they kill us, fine, we die. 
it's not like anything worse is going to happen to us. So they finally resolve that they're just going to walk out one night and surrender to the Arameans. So here's how the city continues. At dusk, they got up and they went to the camp of the Arameans. And when they reached the edge of a camp, not a man was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army, so that they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and the Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and they fled in the dusk, and they abandoned their tents and their horses and their donkey and their donkeys. They left the camp as it was, and they ran for their lives. So the Lord had caused this fear to fall on them. They just deserted. The story continues. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp, and they entered one of the tents. They ate, and they drank, and they carried away silver and gold and clothes, and they went off, and they hid them. Then they returned, and they entered another tent, and they took some things from it, and they hid them also. Then they said to each other, We're not doing right. And here's a great sentence. I love this sentence in this passage. It says, this is a day of good news, and we're keeping it to ourselves. Mm. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. So you can just imagine this in your head, right? <laughs> Here's these four lepers, these outcasts. They go into the camp of the Aramean army, and there's no one there. But these tents are left there. All the provisions are left there. They go into a tent, and there's food everywhere. So they eat and drink until they're stuffed. And they look at silver and gold and all this, and they go and they hide it and they bury it. And say, so we'll come back for this later. And then they realize, well, let's just go into another tent. And they go into another tent and they eat some more. And there's more riches there. And finally, they're sitting around. You can just picture this, right? They're looking mm -hmm. at each other and they're looking kind of guilty. And then they look back over their shoulders at the city. And they look at all these tents full of food. And then they look back at the city and they just think to themselves, this ain't right. Mm. We can't just sit here with all this for ourselves. And what do they say? This is a day of good news. And they say, we should go tell the city. Because there's a whole city of starving people right behind us. So that's what they do. The story continues. So they went and they called out to the city gatekeepers and told them, we went to the Aramean camp and not a man was there. Not a sound of anyone. Only tethered horses and donkeys and the tents left just as they were. So the gatekeeper shouted the news and it was reported within the palace. And it continues in verse 12. The king got up in the night and said to his officers, I'll tell you what the Arameans have done to us. They know we're starving. So they left the camp to hide in the countryside thinking, surely they'll come out and then we, we will take them alive and get into the city. So he thinks it's a trick. In verse 13, one of his officers answered, Have some men take five of the horses left in the city. Their plight will be just like that of all the other Israelites left here. They'll only be like all the other Israelites who are doomed. So let's send them out to find what happens. In other words, I say, well, let's just send five people out there. If they get killed, they get killed. They're going to die anyway in the city. And so that's what they do in verse 14. So they selected two chariots with their horses, and the king sent them after the Aramean army, and he commanded the drivers, go and find out what has happened. They followed them as far as the Jordan, and they found the whole road strewn with clothing and equipment the Arameans had thrown away in their headlong flight. So the messengers returned and reported to the king, and then the people went out 
and plundered the camp of the Arameans. And there's your story. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that's kind of a weird story, right? Yeah, I don't think I've ever known that story or heard that story. Yeah, I told you it was obscure. And I know everyone's listening and they're thinking, this is weird. Right. Why are we starting the yeah. semester reading this story? Right, I'm asking that question. So I'm, I'm, I'm dying to hear, Alan, how does that story connect with the start of the semester? Yeah, well, here's, here's why I'm doing this. Here's why I tell this story. I'm going to be honest with you. I love this story, and the reason I love it is I love the picture that it paints because, like I say, I think it's a picture or a story that echoes later, mm. and it echoes into our story, honestly. It echoes into our New Testament story. It echoes into the story of who we are as Christians, and I really do think it tells us a lot about the Lord and it also expresses our heart that the Lord wants us to have as believers. You see, here it is. There is a greater story that we are all a part of that's similar to this. And that story is, we often call it the gospel, but it sounds like this. One of my favorite passages, and those of you who have been in crew a while, you know this, but those of you who hadn't, you'll hear me say this all the time. One of my favorite passages is Acts 17, 26 and 27, which says, From one man God made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And it says, God did this so that people would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, even though he's not far from each one of us. This is why we are here. We exist to seek God, to know God. Another passage in 1 Corinthians 8, 6 says the same thing. Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. You see what that's saying? It's saying... As human beings, there's a purpose to our lives. There's meaning. There's a reason we're here. And what the Bible is saying in these sentences is nothing short of the meaning of life. That the reason we exist is to have a relationship with the God who made us. We are spiritual beings. And you see what that means. That means that there are so many things that are not the purpose of life. We do not exist to get a good job. We do not exist for a paycheck. Hmm. You don't exist... To have a girlfriend, you don't exist to have a spouse or to have children, you don't exist to join a certain sorority, you don't exist for happiness and to have a good time, you don't exist for money. All these things are great. All these things are blessings the Lord gives us sometimes as he blesses us. But the reason we live is to have this relationship with the Lord. That's why we're here. Now, of course, the problem is that we are in dire straits. Isaiah 59.2 says, Your iniquities or your sins have separated you from the Lord your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you. In other words, we were meant to have this relationship with God, but the evil things we've done, the stubborn choices we've made, we have turned our back on the Lord. We've stiff-armed him and said, I don't want you, and we've severed that relationship that we're supposed to have. And that's why we see so much pain, so much hurt, so much desperation in our world. And... It leaves us in a position of being dead. Ephesians 2, mm -hmm. 1 through 3 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world. All of us are spiritually dead because that's what's happened to us with our sin as we've turned our back on God. But we are impossibly rescued. Romans 5 talks about this, and there's so many passages in the New Testament, but Romans 5 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And it goes on. It says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But here's this verse 8, which is so great. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. And so we have been impossibly rescued and what we have been given is a feast psalm 34 8 says taste and see that the lord is good blessed is the man who takes refuge in him or one of my favorite passages that talks about having this relationship with god and what that's really like is isaiah 61 10 it says i delight greatly in the lord my soul rejoices in my god For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. That word delight, isn't that a great word? Mm, I love that word. It's so much, it's so expressive. Delight is that utter satisfaction of your soul, that that thing you look forward to that just creates that happiness. Mm. You know, it's just, it's so much different than just liking something. You know, we get on Facebook or Instagram or something and we we like something. You're like, oh, like, like. If there was a delight button on Facebook and you think about that, ooh, that post, I delight in that. Ooh, delight. No, that doesn't fit, right? Because right. That's, it's way too shallow. Delight is so much deeper than mm. that. Yeah. But see, this is what a relationship with God is. Mm. It is this relationship of mutual delight that your deepest satisfactions or your deepest desires are satisfied. That's what we are called to through a relationship with Christ. It's a feast. Hmm. And that's why it talks about it in the New Testament. You know, Jesus Jesus in his parables, he talks about and describes salvation as a feast. In Matthew 22, he said, Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you could find. Uh, in Mark, it says, Go to all the world and preach the good news into all creation. And that's what we are called to do and to be. We have been given... Even though we were sinful, we were impossibly rescued through Christ. And now we sit at a feast with the Lord. And we want to share that with other people. You know, sometimes Christians, I think, get a bad rap for being, you know, so they're so pushy or they voice their views on people. No, it's not like that. That's not what it is, right? You think about it. If you knew there was a feast inside and you saw a homeless person who had no food, Wouldn't you go out and tell him, hey, there's a feast in there? Wouldn't you want to let that be known? And if that person was even resistant and didn't believe you, wouldn't you, to a point, kind of grab their arm and even compel them? (laughs) Say, No, really, there's a feast. You should go in. Mm. That's kind of what it is. We are a people who were dead, who were separated from the Lord. And now we partake of a feast, and we want other people to know that, right? That's who we are. That's that's what it means in part to be a believer. Hmm. Do you hear the echo between those two stories? Absolutely. The Old Testament story where they were in a desperate situation, impossibly rescued by the Lord, hmm. suddenly sitting at a feast. And what did they say? It's a day of good news. Let's make this known. And they go back to the city. Hmm. Isn't that really what the gospel is? Isn't that who we are? Absolutely. See, I just feel like that story kind of speaks. It speaks to who we are as Christians. But I also want to say, 
if you're new, that's who we are in crew. Honestly, I mean, we're just like that story. We are really just beggars telling other beggars where to find a feast. Mm. We are broken and needy people, and we found grace, and it has changed everything about us. And that really is who we are in crew. And so if you're new, maybe you're a freshman or a transfer to UGA, if you're new here looking for a community to join, or, you know, for all I know, there are a number of people that are listening to this podcast and you're just kind of checking out the whole God thing. You don't really know what you feel about that or what you think, and that's totally great. Mm. And I would just say, come join us. Come run with us. Bring your brokenness. Bring your eating disorder. Bring your pride. Bring your insecurity. Bring your struggle with pornography. Bring your loneliness. Bring all that. That's who we are. Mm. We are a people who are beggars, who have found grace, and are enjoying a feast with the Lord. And we would just love you to be a part of us. And so that's the story, just to introduce our semester. Wow. Thank you, Alan. Man, that is that is such a great story. And I, I love I love the imagery of the beggar yeah. um, who kind of has a, a light bulb go off mm-hmm. and say, wait a minute, there are other people who need this. Yeah. And so I want to share that. I want to give that to them as well as I also experience it. Um, man, I love that. And I love just the echo of other places in the Bible that says we are blessed to be a blessing. Mm-hmm. It's always about bl- being blessed by God and experiencing that to then give it away yeah. out of an overflow. Right. So awesome. Well, thanks again, Alan. Thanks for sharing. And, and to all who are listening, thanks again for tuning in. And we really hope that this episode has not only helped you understand crew a little bit more, but that it also resonates with you in your personal walk with Jesus and that it has encouraged you to uh, continue living out your faith and inviting people to the feast. So, Alan, how about you pray for us and uh, pray for the, the start of the semester? I'd be happy to do that. Lord, we're so enamored with you. We just see the beauty of who you are and what you have done how you have impossibly rescued us when we did not deserve it, when you turned our backs on you. And Lord Jesus, praise you and thank you for the grace that you have had on us. And Lord, I do pray for any of those listening, Lord, that you would call them to yourself if they don't know you. Lord, that you would create a community for those who need a community. And especially for our freshmen coming into UGA this year, I pray for those that are listening, and I pray for really for the whole freshman class, this is going to be a weird, hard fall. Lord, would you meet so many of our students as they come to UGA for the first time? Father, would you lead them and guide them to good community, uh, to people who are solid? And most of all, Lord, would you guide them to yourself, since this is the reason we live, the reason that we exist? Lord, be exalted on our campus. Be exalted at UGA, even in the midst of a coronavirus, even in the midst of so many things being different. Lord, I pray that in the midst of our need, in the midst of our uncertainty, that you would rescue us, that you would help us, that you would lead and guide us. And I pray, Lord, for the rest of the semester that that you would bless it, that you would bless us, that you would have your glory through us, and that you would take us to where you want us to be. Amen. Amen. Now, to all who are listening, we at Crew would love to get to know you more. In the show notes, there are two links that we would love for you to check out. The first is our website that has information about who we are and what we have coming up. The second link is one to a Google form that you can fill out so we can get your information and get you more connected with crew 
uh, maybe through a Bible study if you aren't already in one, or connected with other cool opportunities that we have. Thanks for tuning in.